Hi, everybody. Uh, so honored to be here. Can you see me in the back, or do I look like a talking head on a, on a stick? Amen. Uh, so honored to be here. I, I just can't preach that far away from people. Um, and I know I'm scarier up close, but uh, this is, you're just going to have to deal with it. So I um, had a bunch of meetings, or one long meeting with uh, Al today, and I asked Pastor if he wouldn't mind if uh, I shared on Wednesday night, and he's like, I'm out of town, but you can do it if you want to, and uh, so I'm honored to be here, and I really uh, believe the Holy Spirit has dropped something in my spirit for your spirit. And how many of you know that your spirit is the rudder of your life? So whatever uh, influence your spirit is under, that's which way your life will go. Have you ever, have you ever, and Jesus said, my words are spirit. So his words go into your spirit, which then is the rudder of your life. Have you ever met anybody who had like an angry spirit? Right, And then if they have an angry spirit, what comes out of their mouth? Angry words. Or they've, they've attached their belief to a conversation that has gotten into their spirit, and then their spirit begins to navigate their life. There's people who have a, a discouraged spirit, a negative spirit. But how many of you know that the Holy Spirit, when it activates your spirit, then you have the same characteristics of Jesus operating in your life if you'll just let them operate in your life. Amen? So when you have the Holy Spirit, you have the characteristics of Jesus operating in your life. So, uh, so then what's the problem? What's the issue? What happens in our life? Why do we have so much difficulty in this world? What is what is the problem? So let me read to you what I wrote for you tonight. Uh, it has been my observation. Uh, now, it's, this is just my observation. Um, I don't know if my observations are uh, all conclusive. They're just my observations. But I'm going to proclaim my observations as truth. Because they're true, I think. That's why they're my observations. Amen, somebody. So, uh, and I believe that I'll unpack this and I'll back it up with the word, amen? Or the word will back up my observations or whatever. But it's my observations after uh, what, what has been almost 43 years of ministry, full-time ministry. Uh, I cannot believe that I've been uh, preaching this gospel full-time for four decades. Uh, uh, August 25th, I'm going to be 60 years old, and I've been in the ministry since I was 17, and I've never left it. So how many of you know that in 43 years of ministry consistently, uh, and some of my friends joke around with me, they say, hey, you're the only guy we can pull up on Google that doesn't have a whole bunch of controversy following them. Amen, somebody? Uh, so I like that so far. I'm still married, and... Uh, we just had our fifth grandkid. Can somebody help a brother out, man? It's just like five grandkids. That's weird. I'm sleeping with a grandma. And she's like, and I'm sleeping with a grandpa. So anyway, uh, the other day, Danielle filmed me on her phone snoring. And then she woke up and she says, this is what I have to deal with. But anyway. Okay, so it's been my observation in four decades of ministry, that most of our struggles occur from the same source. 
the regrettable choices that we make, the loss of joy, the diminishing of strength, the fatiguing of our faith, the trust that we experience or, or the lack of trust that we experience are all, in my opinion, the result or the fruit of the same thing. And what that thing is, is a lack of understanding of our personal value to our Heavenly Father. Most of our, or I believe all of our uh, bad choices, regrettable decisions come from the place where if we understood our value to our Heavenly Father, we would have never made that decision. You cannot date a loser if you believe you're a princess. I didn't get no help from nobody. Probably because you're with that deadbeat you married. Come on, somebody. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But so we get, you know, we, we make these decisions. We, we uh, go outside of God's will for our life when we don't understand our value to God. And this is what happens. We, we don't believe that we are who God says we are. So we have to take it upon ourselves to add things to our lives that we believe will add value to our life when Jesus demonstrated our value and measured our value. Jesus Christ is the measurement of your value to God. And so when we don't have an understanding of that, then we get ourselves into all kinds of trouble. We think we're better, uh, you know, intoxicated. We think we're better inebriated. We think we're better angry. We think we're better when we attach our value to our stuff instead of attaching our value to God's gift to his Jesus. So it's the result of the same thing. When we lack understanding or we live with a limited understanding of our value to God, it shows up in our lives by us making choices outside of what the Lord has provided promise procured by the cross for you and me which in turn never gives us what we're truly looking for in life it always leaves us lacking because we believe we're lacking in value and stuff will never address the genesis of our poor decision making or our feeling lousy about ourselves we can add all kinds of things to our life, but until we settle on the reality that we are deeply loved and highly favored, we will never live a fulfilled life. We'll always be looking to people who are searching for the same thing we are to validate us. And I don't know about you, but somebody that's <coughs> looking for the same thing I'm looking for cannot help me find what I'm looking for. They don't know where it is either. Amen, somebody? But Jesus knows exactly where my value lies. It lies in the nail-pierced holes of his hand. Those nail-pierced hands. The, the puncture in his side. The fact that he's sitting on a throne and his mouth is in our Father's ear ever making intercession for you and me. Why? Because we're valuable to the kingdom of God. Amen. I know I'm talking louder than you were singing, but I can't help myself. So, allow me today, if you wouldn't mind, to unpack some insights and some tools that will position us to avoid regrets that are the result 
of inaccurately appraising our own value. Amen? My hope today is that each one of us will hear this, get this, understand this, and get this revelation living on the inside of your life so you can get on living your life without limits. Let's bust through the membrane that keeps limiting us. Let's quit hitting our head on the ceiling. Let's quit allowing our alibis and our excuses to be bigger than our value to God. And let's get on with this thing called the abundant life. Amen, somebody? So the first thing I want to emphasize here is that you are in, un, over, under the canopy of your value is that in accordance with your value, you have a call. So there is a call of God, a call by God, a call from God that is deposited in each one of you because God values you enough to invest his calling on and in you. Now watch this. God would never call or make a deposit in someone or something he didn't value. You have this God deposit on the inside of you that is, that is in tune with the reality of your value to the heart of your heavenly father. So God calls us, now listen, God calls us out of things that undervalue who we are. And calls us into what reinforces our true identity. So listen, this is why when we're, when we're navigating and negotiating our relationships and our associations, we've got to be tuned in to the, to the influence of the Holy Spirit in our lives that will tell us that's a toxic relationship. How do we know it's a toxic relationship? We're not mad at nobody, but unless I'm connecting with people that reinforce my call and my value, I'm not connecting with someone who's not reinforcing my call. Because then I'm devalued by people that don't understand my value. If they don't appraise my value accurately, they cannot help but devalue me. And then if I calibrate to their opinion, then I live my life with lids and limitations because I don't understand my own value. Because if I understood my own value, I wouldn't be running around with people who don't understand my value. Amen? I'm not going to go where I'm tolerated, baby. I'm going to go where I'm celebrated. That's how I'm going to roll. I'm too doggone old to try to get people to like me. I'm like Jesus. If you know me, you love me. If you ain't loving me tonight, just give yourself a minute. You will. To know me is to love me. Come on, somebody. No one ever says about Jesus, oh, he's just all right. Except the Doobie Brothers. Remember, Jesus is just all right. I don't know who, what Jesus you met, but the Jesus I know isn't just all right. Jesus is all good in the neighborhood. Amen, somebody? He's everything. So 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Let me just, I'm laying foundation, then I'm going to really preach my message. But 2 Timothy 1, 9 says, The God who has saved us and he has called us, he hasn't just saved you. Look at me. People don't get this. Do you understand that his calling is actually synonymous with his saving. It is a biblical impossibility for you to be saved and not called. 
And he said, I have, so like, I know I'm, I'm going to heaven and everything. I'm a Christian and everything, but I don't really have a call of God on my life. No, the fact that you're saved emphasizes and reinforces the fact that you're called. The fact that you're called reveals, let me say it like this, the fact that you're saved and called reveals your value to God because you wouldn't save and call something with no value. Now watch this. And he doesn't just save you and call you. He calls you with a holy calling. Are those scriptures up on the... On the, the okay, put it back up there. All right, I'm not done with it. Thank you. I'm giving the sound man feedback right now, but amen. So he calls you with a holy calling. Now look at me. How could God put a holy calling in an unholy person? Well, I'm just trying to live holy. Stop. You're holy. Why? Because of Jesus, not because of you. How could God put a holy calling in an unholy girl? I'm just trying to be holy. I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to not be in the flesh. The Bible says if you're born again, you are not in the flesh. Well, I got in the flesh. No, you didn't get in the flesh. Your flesh was in the flesh. You are holy. How could the Apostle Paul say, the stuff I don't want to do, I do. The stuff I do want to do, I don't do. But it's not me. I love this. I use this on my wife all the time. That wasn't me who didn't empty the trash. That was the sin in me. Praise the Lord. Right? Amen, guys, you can use that. It works. Because they cannot refute the Bible. Amen? It's just right here. Praise the Lord. So, now watch this. It's a holy calling. Leave that scripture up there if you wouldn't mind, please. It's not according to your works. Watch this. It's according to his purpose, uh-oh, and his grace. So, which he granted us in Christ Jesus before the world began or from all eternity. Before the world began. Okay, this is insane. If you can get a glimpse, if you can just get your eyes fixed on the reality that God actually called you, saved you, according to his purpose and grace before you were you. That means that God's logic is you. Because God is logical to God. So he surveys eternity, past, present, future, before the world began, and he comes up with us? And deposits a holy calling in us and saves us. Now look, not according to you. It's not according to you. It's according to him and his purpose for you. So we get messed up when we think this thing is about us. This thing isn't about us. It's about him and calibrating to what he's done, what he's called us to, his purpose that's deposited in our life. You can't mess this thing up. Come on, man. We get so down on ourselves. It's because, because when we stepped into Christ, see, and, and don't get mad at me and write letters and do whatever you want to do, but I'm right about this, I think. The Bible says there is therefore now, everybody say now, so no condemnation for those who are, those are who are what? 
in Christ. So this is what I've discovered. That people who only believe that Christ is in them experience condemnation in their Christianity. Now Christ is in you, the hope of glory, but you are also in him. So if he's in you and you in him, there's two edges on that sword. If you only have a revelation of Jesus being in you, then you'll be saved experiencing condemnation. This is why Christians feel condemned because they just think that Jesus is in them. They don't understand that they're in Christ. And when God looks at you, all he sees is Christ. In fact, you're dead and your life is hidden with God in Christ. So God, look at, look at, look at. God doesn't even see you. You're dead. Even though your hair is doing whatever it's doing tonight. You're dead. And your life is hidden with God in Christ. Will you stop beating yourself up over your imperfections and see yourself in Christ? When God looks at you, he just sees what Jesus did, not what you've done. Amen, somebody? Stop with the condemnation stuff. But it only happens when you see Jesus in you and then all your mistakes. I'm going to heaven, but it's hell getting there. Right? Why? Because we only have half of the revelation. If you understand your value, you understand that you are equally valued to God exactly like Jesus. If you're a son, then you're an heir. If you're an heir... You're a fellow heir with Christ. You're exactly the same consideration as Jesus. What? If you can get this, you'll stop making stupid choices. I didn't get no help from those people. We all know what they're doing over on that side. Okay, but you know what I'm saying? The, the, the reason why we, we make dumb decisions for our lives is we don't understand this is who we actually are. So we got to go run out and date some health spa body guy with big biceps. Except all of that drops in a few years. Trust me. Amen. I mean, they used to be up here. Now they're down here. Amen. It just happens. I was looking in the mirror today going, oh, Lord, I got to turn off the light. I, I just, this is crazy. 60, it's falling off. It's going away. And no matter how hard I work. Except I think they have some... Things that they can vacuum your fat out now or something, right? Or somebody was telling me, hey, pastor, they can freeze your love handles right off. I'm like, get me the uh, phone number for that place. Praise the Lord. Amen. I, I think I could just come to Michigan in the winter and everything will freeze off. Okay, but let me keep going. <laughs> so you're saved and you're called. That word saved means, now listen, you're saved means you're made whole. Why, why are you trying to fill your life up with stuff that ain't good, no good for you when you're already complete? You're, you're whole, you're healed, you're protected, you're preserved. That word saved means you're actually rescued from destruction and danger. That's your disposition. 
that, re, that relieves you of the fears that we have or the scarcity conversations that we live. And he saved you and he's called you. That means that you've not just embraced God's saving, but you are feasting on God's blessing. That's who you are. It's, it's what gives you, according to his purpose, that's what gives your salvation and your purpose and your calling uh, power is God's purpose in your life. Your human efforts do not empower your call. The call is not in harmony or agreement with human effort or your human power or your human performance or your human perfection. It's according to God's purpose so he can show the world and us his love, his provision, his power, his present, his promise. We are we make sense to God whether you make sense to yourself, it doesn't matter. You make perfect sense to God. That's why all of this is is in you calibrate to it man so your life can be lived without limits amen it's according to the gift of grace that's the result of God's great favor in your life our life is to be full of joy and liberty and pleasure and that's what makes us worthy is his grace his grace causes us to become a reflection of God's heart because God's divine influence is on our hearts and this grace of God that we are called by and uh, privy to and participants in and possessors of gratifies and satisfies. That's why it's all about him and not about me. We got to stop making our Christianity about us. Lord, I let you down again. Look, like, you think he wants to hear that? You think he's even interested in you letting him down or doing a good job? And Like, who cares about all that? What, what matters is it's all about him. Resting in the finished work of Christ. Living a life that is, the grace is, is causing us to avoid unrighteousness. Because we're so in love with God that we're not interested in the stuff that devalues us. We just want to glorify him in our bodies, in our life, in our choices, in our relationships. It's not about, oh, you just get to get, to get away with anything you want. No, you get to get everything you do want so you don't have to get into stuff you don't want. Amen? Because of who you are and your own value. We don't have to make bad choices because we're already complete. Amen? Why are we looking for a man to be, you complete me? This isn't Jerry Maguire. You complete me. No, I'm completed already. <sighs> have you ever noticed how women monitor the environment all the time. Have you ever noticed that? Like I could be taking a nap and Danielle will open the door and make sure I'm sleeping okay. <laughs> like you're monitoring me when I'm sleeping? Have you ever noticed that women are always wanting to improve the environment? They're always wanting to know what's going on. You're driving. What are you thinking right now? Okay, can I just have my own thoughts? Do you have to stick your brain in there and monitor that? Do you have to, like, there's constant evaluating, constantly evaluating. Ladies, you do this to yourself. In fact, every woman hears the voice of the perfect woman. They've never met her. But they know her voice. Right? Right? And they're trying to turn their husbands into her. <laughs> That's what happens. 
Women so often think that men are misbehaving all the time. Uh, what are you doing, Bernie? Misbehaving again. A lot of times women think we're misbehaving. A lot of times we think women are invading our misbehaving. And we do it to ourselves because it's natural for us to make our lives all about us. So they're monitoring, we're defending, we're man-caving. Come on, somebody. I think they call it hunting here, where you go sit up in a tree for eight hours, and then you invite a guy from California to do it with you in three degrees. No, thank you. Room service at the Ritz, I'm in. That thing, forget it. Come on, somebody. Take an arrow and shoot it in a bear. Woo! Really? Have you ever had steak and lobster at the Ritz-Carlton? That's a woo. Come on, somebody. I'm just kidding. That's kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm obviously from California. I don't want frostbite and, and, and think it's victorious. But we do all this stuff. We do all of this stuff, and then we try to do all that stuff to God. Or we think God's doing that to us when we're the only ones that do that to us. God is not doing that to you. He loved you, called you, saved you, put purpose in you before he made the earth. Do you think he's monitoring you now? You're deeply loved and highly favored. And if you're from L.A., you're not just highly favored, you're highly flavored. Come on, somebody. Okay, let's keep going. So... Really, our disposition before God, I'm going to preach my message now. Our disposition before God is to receive, believe, receive, and rest in what he's doing. If you rest, God will work. But if you're working, God will rest. What would you rather have? God working for you or God resting? Stop working it. Stop trying to work it, work it, work it. And just believe and receive and you shall have it. Believe and receive what? That I'm deeply loved. I'm highly favored. He's going to take care of it. He's going he's to elevate my business. My prodigal's coming home. My healing's going to happen. My financial breakthrough is on its way. He's given his angels charge over me. I'm doing good. Why? I'm a child of God. He's given me power to be a child of God. He's called me. He's chosen me. He's separated me. Now watch this. Watch this. So God came up with you and me before the world began. You are a God idea and you're not a bad idea. God does not call people with no value. So God's call equals your value. Now let me break that. Now let me, let me go after this now. What dumbs us down worse than anything, and I'm almost done, is this thing called offense. Being offended. Nursing grudges. Don't raise your hand, but one of the greatest things to overcome as a human being is this power of offense. Oh, they offended me. Now, I understand that people have 
been offended by other people. I personally have never experienced offending anyone uh, because I'm just so gracious in my presentation. Like, but this offense is the word stumble. So what trips you up and trips you out and causes you to not be able to run according to your value, according to your call, according to your purpose, is this thing called being offended. So let's look at how to avoid this. Watch this. Where does offense come from? What is the genesis of our being offended? This is going to blow your mind. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, New American Standard Version. It says, therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent. This is going to wreck you. This verse changed my life. Be all the more diligent to make certain. Everybody say make certain. Now it says be diligent about making certain. So being certain requires diligence. Watch this. To make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. What? In other words, our stumbling is the fruit of or the result of not being diligent and not being certain of God's calling and his choosing of us. The reason why we get offended is we got our eyes off of who we are and what God has put in us. So then we get our eyes on how people are treating us or how they let us down or disappointed us or messed us up and we start tripping out and tripping over the behaviors, appraisals, words, dispositions, attitudes, actions uh, or inactions or interactions of other people and all of that got us dis uh, distracted off of being certain about who we are and whose we are and the purpose of God that's in our life. If we've got our eyes on the prize we don't have time to mess around with people's opinions about us because it'll change as soon as something good happens are you following me so so uh let me keep going i almost told a story but i don't have time so it says be diligent to make certain that word diligence now listen to me if this is the antidote, this is the remedy, this is, this is the thing that stops the stumbling. If your understanding of your calling and God's choosing of you stops the stumbling, you never trip up again. You will never stumble. Never means never. No matter what's thrown at you, you just step over it and you just keep on going into your destiny. No matter what people say, no matter what they did to you or what you did to yourself, you have to understand that the callings and choosings of God are irrevocable. You cannot mess it up. If you get your eyes back on what God deposited in you, all of this other stuff is background noise and you get yourself moving toward the goal of the prize of the high call of God that's in Christ Jesus, who, by the way, is in you and you're in Him. Amen, somebody? This is the way to live, man. Stop tripping up over everything. Ah. <sighs> So the word diligence there means be diligent to make certain. The word diligent means study this out and be quick about it. 
Make haste. Stop. It literally means this, Bernie, in the Greek. Stop wasting days of your life on other stuff. Being diligent means stop with the sideways energy and exertion. Leave the background noise alone. Stop bringing your past into your present and it forecasting your future. Stop with it. Nobody was raised right. Amen? Last time I checked, nobody was raised. Nobody. Well, let me just say it like this. Nobody in this church was raised right. Come on. Let me say it even clearer. Nobody here tonight was raised right. Therefore, everybody needs a savior. So let me just conclude by saying, then lose your judgments. If everybody's got issues, everyone's got broken places that are trying to talk us out of his calling and choosing. Don't you understand that you are not called and chosen by your works, but you are called and chosen by his deciding. God's free will came up with you and me. Are you kidding? Tell everybody else to just shut up. I got some place to go. I don't have time to get into a negotiation that's trying to influence my navigation because I got a destination that don't have nothing to do with my past situation. Amen. I'm moving and grooving where I got to go. I, I got to go. Pay close attention, be careful, and be persistent. That's what diligent means. Being certain, be diligent to make certain. That means that means you're stable. You're firm. You're steadfast. Your calling and your purpose is a force in your life. Now be diligent to make certain about him calling you and him choosing you, him blessing you, him handpicking you. Make certain of it in your life. And you will never stumble. Jasmine, get on up there. Please, precious little girl, if, if you wouldn't mind, whatever. I don't want to offend anybody. And just play something sensible. The word stumble, now watch this. And you will never stumble. Now watch this. It means that you will never become offended or fall into misery. Look at me. Look at me. The word offended means that you are resentful. You're annoyed. You're living life as a result of a perceived insult. How many people live like this? How many of us have lived days of our life living our lives calibrated to a perceived insult you don't like me I don't like you you reject me I reject you why because I'm a Christian and so are you right it means that you're upset a little quieter please don't be upset don't be insulted focus on your calling right now If you are certain to make diligent about him calling you and choosing you, the Bible says that you will never get upset. You'll never be insulted. Never. 
you'll never be displeased. Okay, you ready? This is what it means. You'll never be hurt. You'll never be wounded. Oh my gosh. You'll never be disgruntled. You'll never be put out. You'll never be annoyed. Why are teenagers always annoyed? Why? Why are they always annoyed? They're annoyed. They're annoyed with everything because they don't know who they are. If young people knew their calling and their choosing and they spent their time making certain of it, they wouldn't be annoyed by us making recommendations like a clean room like a bath every two or three days I don't know I don't know what's marinating under those clothes but please you wouldn't be nursing your past you wouldn't be hurt by your last marriage you wouldn't be annoyed by the jerk that doesn't give you child support again because you know that God's your source and he picked you before the foundations of the earth so you're not annoyed. you're not oh let me keep reading the list you all right how great would it be to live like this you never are hurt we're so busy making sure did I hurt your feelings? Are you okay? Instead of, are you being diligent about your calling and choosing? Because how I behave doesn't have any effect on you or your calling because God won't revoke it. And if I'm off one day, how, why is that making you off? Why are we get hurt? I was hurt in my last church and I'm just hurt by the body of Christ. And I'm so hurt. I'm not minimizing your pain, but I'm maximizing your calling and your choosing. You cannot function in your destiny and be bleeding out simultaneously you're either going to focus on what they did to you or what you did to yourself or you're going to focus on what he did for you making sense quiet in here I love it you're never wounded you're never disgruntled put out annoyed angry imagine never getting angry you're never cross you're never exasperated you're never indignant you're never irritated you're never vexed irked stung or resentful when we give the power big this is big when we give the power that is provided to us by virtue of our call to horizontal influences our life is diminished the joy the fulfillment the satisfaction and listen you cannot lose your power it's irrevocable but you can give it to something horizontal you tracking with me so let me read one more verse and then I'm done it's a wrap I mean there's a lot more I could say but we're out of time. So when we start to experience offense, which is all those things that I said, and we experience offense and its fruit, when that starts happening, get back to the truth of who you are.
whose name you possess, you're called by his name. Do you know that the name that you're called by is higher and stronger than what you're going through? So your calling has more potency than your problem. Your purpose has more power than your predicament. People make mistakes, man. And it, and it hits our lives. But it can't touch your call. It can't infect or influence His choosing you. It can't go back to before the world began and mess up God's decision about you. Nothing changed. Except you attach your belief to what happened instead of attaching your belief to what He's caused to happen in your life already. Whose you are. Who your Father is. Remember that old song, the world didn't give it to you, so the world can't take it away. You can give it away, but the world can't take it away. If God says it's irrevocable, inaccessible to the world, then right here, right now, the call of God, the choosing of God, the saving of God, the grace of God, the love of God and the favor of God has never been touched by what's happened. You just disconnected your belief from it. Attach your belief back. You know what I say over my life a hundred times a day? I'm deeply loved and I'm highly favored. And yeah, I was raised by a crazy man in the ghettos of Los Angeles. Yeah, I was a gang member. And yeah, I grew up in poverty. And yeah, and yeah, and yeah. But what God has done for me, I'm deeply loved by a heavenly father. Sorry about the earthly father, age. All right. I'm done playing his tapes in my brain. And now I'm saying over my life what he's saying over my life. I'm deeply loved and I'm not just favored, but I'm highly favored. Amen, somebody? Where God's blessings profusely abound in all of us because that's our calling and our choosing. Amen? Be certain. Be diligent about it. So here's one of my favorite verses, and I'll just read it very quickly. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6. Doing great, Jazz. So we can say confidently that the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Look at me. Then we're done. Man has done a lot of stuff to us. So when the Bible says, what can man do to me? That doesn't mean that man can't do anything to you. But it means that nothing that man does to you can compare to the power of what God has done for you. So will you tonight with me reattach your belief to what God says about you, what God has done for you, how God has put a value on you, how God has chosen you and called you. And stop investigating the offense 
and the grudges and who's responsible and why and, and be diligent. Don't waste any more days on that. And use the days of your life that you have left to make certain that he's called you and he's chosen you. And if you practice this, you do it all day, every day. I'm deeply loved, highly favored. Who are you? Deeply loved, highly favored. Well, I don't like you. Well, God does. I'm deeply loved. I'm highly favored. Well, I'm not going to give any money to your ministry. I'm deeply loved, and I'm highly favored. Amen? I'm, well, I don't think that you, God, I'm deeply loved and highly favored. I'm sorry. I'm not going to entertain your limited faculty that you call brains. I'm going to connect to God who's smarter than you. And if God is smarter than us and he came up with us, then he's smarter than us. We must make sense to God. I'm not going to listen to, I was raised wrong. My dad told me this. My mom told me that. My parents abandoned me. They got divorced. I'm afraid I'm carrying this. I was that. Stop, stop, stop. Stop making certain that breast cancer runs in your family. Stop making certain that diabetes is something that you have to. Stop making certain of all this stuff start making certain about his calling and choosing you and then all of your decisions will start lining up with your destiny you'll never stumble God sent his word and he said it's not coming back to me until it succeeds in what I sent it to do that means you don't come back to God short-circuited, early death, or unfulfilled destiny if you attach your belief to His Word. Are you tracking with me? You can't lose. Stop living for victory. And, stop living and start living from victory. You're more than a conqueror. Why? Because Jesus already conquered everything. So you don't have to conquer anything. Why? Because you're more than a conqueror. It's, you just have to believe that it's conquered. You're more than a conqueror. You don't have to conquer. You're more than that now. Jesus did all the work. Look at me. All God wants from you and me is to be believed. Stop trying. Stop performing. Stop working. Start resting and believe. Receive. Then you'll have. Why are you working for what's yours? Jesus did the work. He didn't hang on the cross and say, I'm 80% done. He said, It's finished. Take someone's hand real quick tonight. Thank you so much for having me tonight, y'all. Take someone's hand. You're here tonight. In fact, will you humor me just a little bit and let's all just stand and then take a hand. And you're here tonight. saying, hey, wow, 
I've been trying and I've been dying trying. And I've been listening to all of these contrary voices and messing with all this stuff. And tonight, I want that Jesus that you talked about. You may have been in church your whole life, but you've been religious your whole life. And you know all about Jesus, but you don't know him. never given your life to him or you're here and you gave your life to him but then you stopped attaching your belief to him and he started attaching your belief to all kinds of other stuff and you're not right and you know you're not right but you want to be and you're saying tonight I'm not going to give the devil another day tonight's my night I'm going to get it right I'm going to make it right tonight And I'm going to calibrate my life to my call, to him saving me, to him calling me, to him putting his holiness in me, him cutting my past off, him putting his word in me. I'm deeply loved and highly favored is going to be what I decree over my life. You're here tonight. You're saying, I want to get right with God for the first time or after a long time but we're all going to pray and you especially that need to get right make this your prayer my words, your words but your heart to his, amen everyone say heavenly father tonight is my night I'm not giving the devil another day I'm done with the lies I'm done with not understanding my value I'm done not focusing on what you've called me to do. I'm done with my Christianity being about me. I want my life to be about you. So I invite you to come into my heart. Forgive me for all my misses that have caused all these messes. Change me now. And Lord, even if nobody goes with me, still I'm going to follow you. After tonight, I'm never going back to my old life. My past is behind me. My destiny awaits me. And your calling is inside of me. To the glory of God.